A lot of people that are in the nine to five rat race, as you call it, know they're destined for more. They know it. They feel it in their heart of hearts. Welcome to Escape the Rat Race Radio. I'm your host, Christian Rodwell, and this is your ticket to Escape the 9 to 5. People want to do business with other people, more so today, I believe, than ever before. And the reason why the personal brand is so important is because it's the last pivot you'll ever have to make as a business owner. So hi everyone, it is Christian Rodwell and today I'm talking with serial entrepreneur, best-selling author and founder of Youpreneur, Mr. Chris Ducker. So Chris is an expert when it comes to helping new business owners, coaches, authors, bloggers and podcasters to build their personal brand and today I'm hoping that we'll be able to extract a few tips and secrets that can help you when it comes to building your personal brand and getting the great results that you deserve in your business. So welcome to Escape the Rat Race Radio, Chris. How are you today? Thanks for having me. You make me sound really, really good. I hope I don't let you down. <laughs> no, I'm sure you won't. And where in the world are you right now, Chris? I'm in the Philippines currently, still here. Um, been living here 17 years, actually, but we're about to head back to sunny Cambridgeshire, where we bought a property last year and we're very, very close to moving home. So I'm looking forward to it. Well, congratulations. And uh, you Thank better you. hurry up because we're enjoying an absolutely amazing summer over here. So uh, don't miss I know. out on that. <laughs> I know. Everybody keeps telling me, why are you dragging your feet? You need to come back now. You need to get back now before it all goes away. But, uh, you know. Tell that to the home office and the removal companies. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, and and you you proclaim being a, a you know a proud Brit, and we can see in the background there for anyone that's well that's watching the video recording of this interview, we can see the Union Jacks, the red buses adorned behind you, <laughs> like it. And I had a sneak preview of the uh, the Union Jack disposal bin as well, didn't I? Earlier, I've got a waste paper waste paper <laughs> basket down here to my left. I've got a mini fridge over there, um, and multiple other uh multiple other union jack variety type of items that have been sent to me by uh fans and followers and subscribers through the years you know but that you know we you you know obviously we're going to talk be be talking about personal brand and what i mean that that's part of my personal brand you know i am the hashtag proud brit um and it's actually in my speaker intro when people intro me when i keynote large events around the world i you know part of it is he is the self-proclaimed proudest brit doing business on that thing they call the internet yes it's chris Ducker, and that's how people introduce me on stage particularly in the united states i love the brits right in the u.s so um it's become part of my brand and people just look, here's a coaster. Somebody sent me that from Hong Kong. <laughs> you know what I mean? So <laughs> go, go figure, cool. right? That's go cool. figure. And, and we're recording on the day of England playing in the World Cup. We've got the Belgian match tonight. So we just couldn't really brand this any more British if we tried. Love it. I love it. Let's jump straight in anyway, Chris. So I've shared a very brief overview uh, there of just some of the things that you're currently involved in at the moment. But would you mind telling our listeners a little bit more about yourself in terms of your background, education and experience in becoming the successful entrepreneur that you are today? Yeah, I mean, look, I don't kind of, you know, I don't uh, 
have any delusions of grandeur about myself or, or you know, what I do. Um, at the very core of what I do still today, I'm just a sales and marketing guy. That's it. Um, I started in the industry when I was 17, working part-time, uh, doing classified ad sales for local newspapers and auto trader and all that fun stuff back in the day. I was in the publishing world in the UK for almost a decade. I only had two bosses in that time. Um, and, uh, one company ended up getting acquired by the other. So really only ever really worked for one company, if you think about it. Um, and was in the event space. We did a lot of stuff, Olympia, Earl's Court, all that kind of stuff back in the days when I was living in the UK. Came over here uh, in the early 2000s, um, was a consultant for one of the large international banks here. Uh, ended up opening my own consultancy in 2004, which morphed into a call center facility, which morphed into a recruitment hub for virtual assistants, which then kind of just blew up the whole personal brand. So, you know, 2010, started blogging, started podcasting, um, coming up on 6 million downloads on my podcast now, which is crazy. Uh, and just very, very blessed, Christian, to have a genuine, you know, engaged worldwide audience that loves to hear what I've got to say. So, uh, you know, it's, it's the case that if I can do it, anyone can do it really, just by being yourself. Yeah, no, that's fantastic. And you, you kind of briefly mentioned it there, but would you say there was ever a time when you felt you were stuck in the rat race? And, and if so, what was it in your mind that made you think, hey, I just don't want to do this for the rest of my life? I mean, you know, up until 2004, you know, I, I, I was fundamentally a very well-paid consultant um, and I was doing extremely well uh, in the infomercial business. Um, specifically helping people write scripts for infomercials. Uh, I did a certain amount of voiceover work. Uh, you know, one o'clock in the morning, I'm sure there's an infomercial somewhere playing with my voice saying, but wait, there's more. If you call, you know, I did that for a while <laughs> um, and, and all that stuff. And the guy that I was working for just before I decided to go 100% all out on my own and really start to identify with being an entrepreneur was a very, very pleasant guy to work with and work for, but he was a nightmare of a micromanager. And I think a lot of people that are in that nine to five rat race, as you call it, um, they're in that exact same position. They know they're destined for more. They know they've got value to share, solutions to provide to people's problems. They know it. They feel it in their heart of hearts. But they're scared to make the leap, maybe from a financial perspective. That's 90% of the time right there. Or they don't have the guidance or the mentorship. I know you help with things like that. And so... It's, it becomes an issue and it holds people back. And I did not want to be held back anymore. And uh, I was 37,000 feet on an airplane coming back from Miami where this guy was living at the time. Um, and I'd been with him for about a month or so working on some shoots and whatnot. And I, it just hit me. It was halfway through the flight. It just hit me like a wet fish around the side of the face. And it was like, I don't want to work for him or for anyone else ever again. And I wrote out uh, an email and sent it to him and let him know that I would be um, finishing up my time with him at the end of the month. And that was how I kind of resigned from my last job and became an entrepreneur. 
Yeah, yeah. And I think people have that epiphany moment, don't they? That moment, something happens. And sometimes, you know, it, it might take uh, un- unfortunate circumstances that really make you rethink about which direction you're taking. And you just mm. say enough is enough. And at that point, I know I had that. I was on my own in Croatia. I was reading a copy of um, Think and Grow Rich for about the second or third time. I'd been working in the music industry for 16 years and uh, I just lost my passion for it. And I thought, do I want to spend the next 16 years doing the same thing? And, and it's a difficult place to be, isn't it? Because as you mentioned, mm-hmm. fear of, oh, what if it doesn't work out? What if, you know, I have to go back and, um, you know, tail between my legs and, and, uh, and, and try and get my old job back or financially trying to support your family. So a lot of emotions that go through people's heads. And I know you've worked with hundreds, if not thousands of people, aspiring entrepreneurs, making that decision and and actually venturing on to becoming uh, a business owner. So we're going to dive into some of the things that you've helped people with, especially around the mindset. But just tell us, Chris, you are, you know, so well known for helping people with personal branding. Why, in your opinion, is personal branding so key to uh, an early stage entrepreneur's success in business? Very simply, because people want to do business with other people. That's it. Yeah. At the very core of a personal brand, that's exactly what it is. It's what I call my P2P or people-to-people connection or relationship. Um, relationships for me are the single most important thing in business, way more even important than profitability. Uh, if you have the mindset of abundance that you want to work with people, you want to help people, you want to provide value to people, you want to be there for people, and you want them to be there for you, and to buy your stuff, right? There's a technical word for you. But I mean, like, if, if you want to be in that position, you better put a massive, massive premium priority on relationship building. And I feel that we are in a world today where people don't take relationships seriously enough. It's a very online, ever-connected world. Um, but, you know, I have a rule where I don't write any emails longer than three sentences. And it's been like that for three, four years now. The reason why is because if I have anything more to say, I'm going to pick up the bloody phone or FaceTime somebody and have a real conversation with them because I value that relationship. Relationships should be treasured, not used. And we're in this online world where everybody wants to get at somebody's list or they want to do a JV or an affiliate thing and all that kind of stuff. And that's not, it's a horrible, murky, dirty place I don't like to be involved with. And so people want to do business with other people more so today, I believe than ever before. And the reason why the personal brand is so important is because I believe it's the last pivot you'll ever have to make as a business owner, regardless of what industry you're in, regardless of what products or services or experiences you're selling, regardless of who you're selling them to, it doesn't matter. If you build the business of you, as I call it, there are no competitors. It's 100% original because it's uniquely based around you, your personality, your experience, and the people that you want to serve. Mm. And I was taught by one of my mentors, John Ketley, who was actually a previous guest on episode 49, that your USP is your unique knowledge. It's your unique connections and it's your unique way of thinking. So I guess this is how you help people to really craft their own personal brand. And what are some of the first steps when you work with someone, Chris, and they, they come to you and they say, hey, you know, I've got an idea for a business and, and you start working with them on their brand. What are some of the first steps that you always uh, take with them? 
Well, the first thing, I mean, you know, I, I've written a couple of books now, Rise of the Youpreneur, over my shoulder here, if you're watching the video, which came out at the beginning of the year. Um, but then four years ago, I wrote a book called Virtual Freedom, uh, which has done very, very well indeed, way better than I ever imagined or dreamed that it could. Um, and, you know, the premise of that book was that you shouldn't do everything yourself. You should build a team of people to help you ultimately build and, and run and support your business. Now, when it comes to a personal brand entrepreneur, a lot of people are solopreneurs, right? They're working on their own. They're creating their content. They're publishing their content. They're promoting and marketing that content. They're coming up with their products and services. They're creating those courses to sell or running those mastermind events or whatever the case may be. Ultimately, they're on their own a lot of the time and they are stressed out and they are overworked. Now, look, I hit burnout in 2009. I know what it feels like, and it ain't ever happening to me ever again, right? You wake up out of it and you say, never again am I going to go through that. So you have to get very, very smart with what you do, what you do, and, and, and how you actually do it, right? So for me, the first thing I get everyone to do as an exercise when I start mentoring them or coaching them on their personal brand business is I get them to do what I call my self-awareness test. And I mention it in the book, but I'll give you the very premises very simply. You're going to write two lists out, right? So if you imagine getting a piece of paper, drawing a line down the middle, on one side of that line, you write what I call the flatter yourself list. Now, funnily enough, most people have no problems writing out this list. <laughs> <laughs> Right? So this is a list that usually comes quite easily to people, particularly those that want to build a business based around them and their personality, right? So if you think of content creators or uh, you know, vloggers or um, podcasters, bloggers, authors, speakers, con consultants, coaches, those kind of people, very easily that stuff just flows out of them. But then on the other side of the line is the dark side, right? This is where the pink lightsabers get kind of wowed around a little bit. And this is where you've got to do the be real list. Um, and this is a list of stuff that you're not very good at, right? The stuff that you kind of struggle with. And a lot of people say that you should work on your weaknesses and you should make them your strengths. I call BS on that. I don't think you should. I think you should work on what you're good at. And then you delegate and you outsource and you, you palm off the stuff that you're not so very good at and you don't worry about it. You don't let it bog you down. So, you know, maybe I've waffled on a little bit too long on this particular answer, but this is really important because it's the very foundation of how you're going to build an actual profitable business based around your personal brand. Um, and I think a lot of people get it wrong because they try and do everything themselves and you don't need to do that. Yeah, I, I would agree 100% with you. You know, it, it all begins with understanding yourself, doesn't it? And then many people say it's about finding your inner genius. Are you naturally a creative person or someone that's yeah. good at connecting or maybe you're good at the details and the numbers? But as long as you know what you're good at, then you can go out and build the team around you to help and support you. Now, when people think of brand, some people may instantly start thinking logos, colors, websites, all of this kind of thing. How much of that is goes into your personal brand and, and, and what are some of the other aspects that are, that are important for people to uh, understand as well, Chris? Well, your, your brand is ultimately what people say about you when you're not around, 
right? So when you're not at the networking event or when you're not at the dinner party or at the conference or whatever the case may be. So it's important to get those branding, particularly the visual branding elements, right as early on as you possibly can. But you shouldn't marry them. Like there's nothing wrong with updating your logo 12 months after you kick things off or changing the complete design of your website once it's been up and running for 18 months. There's nothing wrong with change. There's nothing wrong with pivoting. But you do want to try and spend some you know, time, energy, and effort on getting those things set up right so that they kind of go in line with the type of person that you are and the type of people that you're wanting to attract. So for example, if you are a female entrepreneur that is a health and wellness coach working with other ladies specifically as your target avatar, you're probably going to want slightly softer colors, slightly, I'm not saying pinks or anything like that, but a lot of pastels, maybe purples and stuff that kind of is more feminine looking that, that when ladies come across it, they can kind of identify with it without any major issues. Now, if you're like me and you're quite an energy ball and you've got a pretty intense personality um, and you want to um, you know, convey that in your visual branding elements, like your logo, like your website, that sort of type of thing, then obviously you're going to use bright action-based colors. You know, We use a very bright orange, um, but because I am a kind of a no BS, see it how it is, you either like it or you lump it, Marmite kind of guy. Um, I'm going to use some bolder, you know, grays and dark blues and things like that as well. So a little bit of time spent on it. Don't overreact, you know, overthink it rather, but a little bit of time spent on it because it is important. Like I say, people will talk about you and you want them to say nice things about you. Yeah. And you've pulled together the Youpreneur community Tell us a little bit about that because I understand just how important it's been in my journey over the last few years of having like-minded people, people who are on that same journey, your peer group essentially, and also mentors that are further down that can tell you how to avoid some of those pitfalls. So what have you created with Youpreneur, Chris? Yeah, so Youpreneur came to me. I, I had been running some mastermind events, very small kind of round table, eight, 10 people around a table for a day kind of thing. I'd been the first one ever did was in 2011. And I initially started doing that as a way to be able to raise a little extra cash as I was traveling and speaking. So I, for example, I would go to San Francisco to speak at a conference. I do a one day mastermind either side, or maybe just one side of that event. Um, and I'd always sell them out. They weren't hard to sell out, quite frankly. You know, two, three hundred dollars for the day at first. Now they're a lot more, but two or three hundred dollars for the day. Uh, and you could sit and talk with a, a group of like minded people. And I noticed two recurring instances coming up over and over and over again whenever I did these events. The first thing was that nobody had a monopoly on good ideas. Everyone at those tables, every single time I did it, was going to get a value bomb dropped on them from a great height from somebody else at the table. And I believe that to be true at any entrepreneurial level. It doesn't matter whether you're just starting out or whether you're Sir Richard Branson. If Sir Richard sits at a table with other like-minded entrepreneurs, somebody's going to drop a value bomb on him. Even after all these years, he's going to learn something. One takeaway that day that will change something or create something or inspire him to do something. It just 
happens. There's nothing you can do to avoid it. As long as you're an open-minded person, it's going to happen. And the second thing that I noticed was that even though a lot of these people didn't know each other at the beginning of the day, by the end of the day, they were everybody's new best mate. Um, and that was because being an entrepreneur is lonely. You know, we, we, a lot of us work from home, you know, and we don't get out very often. And it's kind of like you, you want to surround yourself with people who just get it. Like they're on the journey with you. And so I wanted to create something where I could get that happening on a daily basis and not just three or four times a year when I was traveling. Hence, youpreneur.com was born. Um, you know, you, you, you encapsulate a great community with amazing people. You include tons of incredible proprietary training content. You update that library on a monthly basis. You bring guest speakers uh, to your events like Lewis Howes and Pat Flynn and, you know, all these other rock stars that I've been blessed to become good friends with into the fray. And you've got a melting pot of information that people just want to get a hold of and be part of. And that's exactly what we do every day with Youpreneur. That sounds fantastic. And it's the accountability, isn't it? It's just knowing that someone's nudging you along and you've got someone mm -hmm. to speak to because we all go through those up, ups and downs as an entrepreneur. There's some days where we, we wake up and we don't really feel like doing what we need to do. And that's really, it's, you, you have those others that just motivate you and, and, and inspire you. Yep. So, um, you mentioned it's actually, it's funny you say like you have those days where you don't want to get started. Like <laughs> I think there's actually a thread inside of the Youpreneur community. I'm going to double check when we're done recording. I think there's a thread in there that says, please kick my ass. <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> there's like genuinely somebody who said like, I am having a really bad month or a really bad week. It was a while ago now, so I can't quite remember, but I need my ass kicked good and proper because I just don't want to do anything right now. And obviously everybody just got in there and gave them a bloody good ass kicking. It was great. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, this is Chris Ducker, and you are listening to Escape the Rat Race Radio. My piece of advice, and it'd be great to hear what yours is, Chris, but you know what? When you have those days, sometimes it's best to just allow yourself the day off and just, just go and take some time Absolutely. out because you can't force it. If, it's, if you just, we all work hard, and sometimes we need a little bit of a rest, don't we, from it? <laughs> totally. I couldn't agree more. Friday last week actually was a pretty intense day for me. We did a lot of video record batching at the beginning of the day. Then I did, I think, three podcasts back to back. I was done by mid-afternoon. It's school holidays over here. And I was just done. Like I was totally spent. So uh, I took the boy out and we went Pokemon Go hunting for two hours <laughs> and ate donuts. And that was a much better Friday than sitting here trying to figure out like, you know, what I should be getting on with, right? Yeah, sounds a bit like my day today. I'm batch recording podcasts this morning and then I'm off down the pub to watch the football later. So <laughs> no no Pokemon Go though. <laughs> no, not for me. So we talked about Youpreneur, the, the online community, and that's obviously now led into the Youpreneur Summit, which is coming up later this year in London. So please tell us a bit more about how this all began, Chris. Yeah. So I've been running events for a while. You know, it started with the smaller mastermind things. And then, you know, we did a couple of large workshops back in London a few years back. And then we did the Tropical Think Tank event, which is probably my most famous one up until the summit where, you know, we'd have like 75 people on the 
five-star beach resort here in the Philippines. And we flew tons of people in, great, amazing speakers. And we had this one week long kind of conference. We no longer do that anymore. Um, but it, you know, the summit last year, which was our inaugural Upanai summit, um, it took place at the Queen Elizabeth Convention Center in Westminster, right opposite Westminster Abbey. It's a beautiful, very prestigious and very historic venue. Um, and uh, it was always, always been a big, big genuine dream of mine to hold a big business conference. Um, we had about 370 people or so there from 37 countries around the world. Um, and it was always been a dream to hold one in my hometown in London. I'm a very proud Londoner. And so uh, finally getting the opportunity to do it, never in my career, and I've spoken in front of tens of thousands of people now in my life, never have I ever choked up or got emotional on stage. But as I was wrapping up the inaugural Upana Summit, I lost it there just for a few seconds. Just for a few seconds, I, was, I managed to be able to you know, bring it back and no tears flowed, but I had a definite lump in my throat for a while on stage as I thanked everybody for helping my dream to become, you know, to become a reality. And um, we're just looking forward to doing it again all over uh, again this November. It's going to be incredible. It's going to be an, um, another amazing weekend. It really is. But it's, it's about you know, education. It's about masterminding. It's about keeping people accountable. It's about having a ton of fun as well. And uh, we do all of that and a lot more. Yeah. And that's taking place um, between the 3rd and the 5th of November in London. And if you're not already on the Escape the Rat Race mailing list or a member of our private Facebook group, make sure you join because I'll definitely be sharing all the information around that and how you can book a ticket and attend and uh, you know catch up with Chris live in London. So uh, don't miss out on that opportunity. So Chris, you're at the forefront of, as we mentioned, personal branding. And you know, when I think of personal branding, I think social media and very much online. Are there any trending movements? Is there any new technology or things that you've noticed people getting some really good traction with recently that maybe you can share with our listeners? Yeah, two. I mean, there's two things really that are, are working very, very, very well right now. Number one is video. Video is everything right now when it comes to social. So it's Facebook Live, it's Instagram Stories, it's Instagram Live, it's now IGTV, it's Twitter, you know, um, video, it's Periscope, Snapchat, you know, if you're 15 or whatever. But I mean, it's, it's video, 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 and more video. And I think the reason why it's becoming so popular is because you can really get to know somebody when they're on camera. You know, there's no smoke and mirrors. It is kind of what it is. Like I said, you know, I use the uh, the Marmite analogy of you either love it or you hate it. And I think it's very, very, um, it's very, very easy to to put yourself out there as your very authentic, real, transparent self via video. That you can't hide anything. You know, particularly live, you can't edit it, right? So um, I think video has is, is become way more important. Uh, I've been using it for years, but I think it's got to the point now where people realize that you just can't ignore it anymore. Um, and I mean, like, you know, you've got you know, big, big firms like YouTube and Google and whatnot that are, you know, saying that by the year 2020, which by the way, is only 18 months away, right? By the year 2020, 90 odd percent of all content that is consumed online, particularly on these little mobile devices, 90% is going to be video. That's huge. And a statistic you cannot and should not ignore. So video is huge. 
And then the other thing that I see working really well, and again, this goes back into the P2P or people-to-people relationship philosophy, is getting really personal with your interaction with your podcast listeners or your blog readers or your YouTube viewers or whatever it is. If somebody sends you a tweet, don't just reply to the tweet. Get the phone out, send them a quick 30-second video reply instead. It's going to take you the same amount of time and you'll save a little thumb action in the process. And when they get that video reply back from you or that audio reply, if you're on Facebook Messenger or something like that, it'll blow their minds because not many people are doing it. And all I know is this, to be very, very, very true. The longer that I continue doing those things, the less people will be doing them. And so you might have trends that come and go, but I'll ride that wave. I'll ride that P2P wave for as long as I possibly can. And so get personal, get personal. Don't be scared to get personal. Put put personal really back into the personal brand, you know, phrase that everybody's throwing around. Mm. And alongside personal, we hear purpose. So really being clear about what is your end goal? What's the whole reason? What's driving you? Your real motivators. So how much is purpose kind of built into what you're doing every day? And and what really drives you, Chris? What drives me is being able to meet somebody at one of my events and to have them come up to me and say, that podcast episode that I listened to or that video that I watched on YouTube or Facebook or whatever it is, some sort of interaction that they had with me did X, Y, Z for me. Um, and I don't, I don't really care so much for your book changed my life. It's so, it's such a blanket response. <clears throat> and if anybody ever says anything like that to me, I would say, how? Tell me how, right? What did it do? Um, and that's what I want. I want, that's what drives me. It's those interactions and the thank you cards and the little gifts every now and then that I get. And I mentioned I was a, a scotch lover on a podcast episode about a year ago. Um, and I started getting bottles of scotch sent to me and given to me at events and stuff. Like, I don't think I've bought a bottle of scotch for about six months now. And I'm not joking. <laughs> you so, might get a few I, more I, now. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'll take them. I'll take them. Um, but nothing cheap. If I see anything with the name Sainsbury's <laughs> on the bottle, it's going right in the bin. But I, I've become a Scotch snob now, Christian, is what it is, right? But, but, but honestly, that's what drives me. That's my way of being able to see how valuable my content and, and me as a commodity is in these people's lives. Like, I, I want to see that. I want the hugs, the high fives, the handshakes. That's what I want. Um, and I'll never forget a few years ago, I was in New York at a book signing and there was a big long line. I was probably signing books maybe an hour. And at the end of the line, this middle-aged guy came up to me and I noticed, and I've got to be careful I don't choke up here because this is genuine. I noticed that he had tears in his eyes as he was walking up to me. And I'm thinking, God, has he waited that long that he's actually that mad? He's crying. And he came up to me and he said, your book changed my life. And I asked how, and he began to tell me, his name was Mike. He began to tell me how his wife had died at the age of 30 something from breast cancer and that they had a little girl of about three or four years old. And because of my book and because he had been able to build a team of virtual staff to help him 
with his side hustle, right? He had been ultimately been able to quit his corporate job in New York and go full time on his side hustle and turn it into a full time business where he could be around for his daughter 24 seven, like no matter what she needed. And he's telling me this story and I'm starting to go like as a dad myself, I'm starting to go. Right. And eventually we just hugged it out. I just hugged the guy for like a minute. Now, two men hugging for a minute. That's a long time to hug another man. You know what I mean? That's what drives me. That kind of interaction. Yeah. And if ever there was a fitting story for Escape the Rat Race Radio, I think that is the one. So it leads nicely into talking about virtual assistants. And you're in the Philippines, and that's where my personal assistant is based as well, Ella. I'll give Ella a great shout out. Fantastic. And um, you've obviously helped so many people really get to grips with working with virtual assistants. And tell us a bit more about when is the right time for an aspiring entrepreneur? Maybe, you know, they haven't got any other staff and they're, they're at that point where they're kind of maxed out. They maybe still have the full-time day job as well. When's the best time to go about looking to hire or take on some virtual staff? Well, there's two realities here. Number one, can they afford it, right? Number two, have they already hit overwhelm? And I mean, really the best time to do it is when you realized you've hit overwhelm. If you can't afford it though, you're going to have to make some other kind of changes. Maybe you work with a few freelancers to begin with um, and you just outsource a few little things here and there to kind of you know, lighten the load a little bit. But if you can afford to hire somebody either on a, you know, a really good part-time 20 hours a week basis, or even a full-time team member, then you need to do that as soon as you know that overwhelm has hit. Because based on my own experience and the experience of hundreds of people that I've worked with on this very subject, the moment you realize that overwhelm is there, it's big brother burnout ain't too far behind. And you don't want to burn out. You're no good to nobody when you burn out for quite some time if you actually take the time out to recover from it properly, like I had to. And so, yeah, you know, that's my number one advice is if you can afford it and you realize overwhelm is about to hit you, then that's the time to do it right there and then. Yeah, great advice there. Now, Chris, we're drawing towards the end of our time to get on on today's episode. I knew the time would pass so quickly. And I've had so much fun. We could keep too. going for another hour. I feel that we could, <laughs> and, and it's great news that you're heading back to the UK because maybe we can uh, we can carry on the chin wag at some point when you're back. But I'm going to dive in and just go into a couple of quick fire questions with you. Just have a little bit of fun here. Our quick fire round, and the first question. What's happening? So what's one app that you've recently discovered which you just can't stop using at the moment? Other than Pokemon Go. Uh-huh. Um, I'm looking through my thing right now. Uh, an app I've recently discovered. Or oh, you know what? There was a goodie. There was a goodie. I discovered it about two months ago. I was in America. I needed to scan something that I had to sign very quickly. Scanner Pro. There it is. It's on my phone. Yep. Scanner. I don't know whether my webcam will pick it up. I can see Scanner that. Pro. It's a great app that you just basically take a photo with your phone and it turns into a full color or a black and white PDF that you can then dump into Dropbox or email to somebody. It's great for on the go scanning. Love it. Awesome. Great tip there. And the second one is Entor the Mentor. So as aspiring entrepreneurs, we all understand the benefits of working with a mentor. Have you had any mentors that have really helped you in your career as an entrepreneur, Chris? 
I've had many. I've been very, very blessed with that. Um, way, I mean, way too many great stories to tell in a matter of, you know, 60 seconds as part of a quick fire round. Um, but I think, um, you know, I, I, I tend to kind of gravitate more towards slightly older male mentors. Um, my first mentor was a guy called Graham Bond, no relation to James. Uh, but he, he really, he was an old school army guy. Um, I think he was like a sergeant or something in the army back in the day. And then he kind of got into sales and marketing and he would talk like that. It was just like that all the time. Very prim and proper, very British, (laughs) all that kind of thing. Um, and I learned a lot about sales from that guy, like the importance of providing solutions to problems and not worrying about the close. Because if you did everything right up to that point, you know, the close would happen by itself and all that great stuff that I just still eat up every single day. Um, but also, you know, more recently people like, you know, uh, Michael Hyatt, who's become a close friend and a mentor of mine over in the U S um, you know, uh, Dan Miller also in the United States, great author, amazing coach, great mentor, Harry Wilkerson, one of my closest friends in the world, who's also actually going to be our opening keynote speaker um, at the summit this year. Carrie is an incredible entrepreneur, an unbelievable woman. And I'm so proud to call her my personal mentor as well. So there's a lot of great people out there, man. A lot of great people. Yeah. And, I, and I will say, having a mentor makes everything so much easier. Whether And here's the thing, whether they even know about it or not, you can have a mentor and never interact with them, ever. You can still learn from them. But if you do have the opportunity to be able to mentor by somebody who's been there and done it, whatever it costs, pay for it because it will, it'll speed everything out 10x easy. Yeah, yeah. And uh, similar sentiments echoed by so many of my guests, how it's been so important in their journey towards success. So Chris, for anyone listening right now, they may be on that London underground squashed up or stuck in the traffic jam on their way to work. And they're just not really feeling like they're fulfilling everything that they've got to give to the world. But something's holding them back. And most likely it's fear of some kind or another. What would be your last words of advice for someone in that position who has got an idea perhaps, but is just something holding them back from taking action? Yeah, you know, nine times out of 10, it's fear of failure. That's really what it is. And understand this, if you're not failing, then you're not going forward. I have messed up so many times in my career. I've lost tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of pounds and dollars in my career, but I've still been able to build, quite frankly, a multi-million dollar business at the end of the day. If you don't fail, you'll never, ever learn. And if you don't learn, you can never become successful. So, you know, just like I believe that great leaders should continue to learn in order to be able to continue to lead, I believe that if you're on the underground, if you are squashed up, if you've got an idea that's been burning away for months, maybe years, if you know that you can bring joy to someone's life or solve a problem that you know a group of people are suffering from over and over and over again, just get off your bottom take some action and go for it. Because if you don't, you will never ever know if it would have worked out or not. And life is too bloody short to be stuck in a job that you're not enjoying. So you just got to go ahead and just take the leap and make it happen for yourself. It ain't going to fall in your lap. It ain't. You've got to chase it down. Yeah. Brilliant. Thank you so much for those uh, words of advice there, Chris. And thank you so much for being the most amazing guest today on Escape the Rat Race Radio. I really, really have enjoyed it. And I'm sure if our listeners want to connect further with you to grab a copy of one of your books, 
look at uh, everything that you've got going online. Where are the best places for them to head to right now? Well, I'm a personal brand entrepreneur and mentor, right? So it would be silly if I didn't have chrisducker.com <laughs> as my, my main hub. But that honestly is where the majority of what I do, you know, kind of is, is all kind of based off of that website. So chrisducker.com, if they're interested in Upreneur and obviously the summit and everything, youpreneur.com. And uh, if they want to hit me up on Twitter or Instagram, which are my two priority social media platforms, they can just hit me up there at chrisducker. Brilliant. Thank you, Chris. I wish you all the best with your move back to sunny England. And I hope to catch up with you once you return later in the year. Likewise. I'm looking forward to it. Thanks, Chris. Well, I really hope you enjoyed listening to Chris Ducker's advice there on how you can break free of your current nine to five lifestyle and truly build a business around you that not only gives you the freedom to spend your days working on what it is that you enjoy most, but also to make a good income and build long term wealth for you and your family. Well, we've heard it before on previous episodes and from other guests, but fear is so often the number one thing that holds people back from starting a business. To help you overcome that fear, Chris left us with the advice that you have to take action, fail fast, and make sure to learn from those failures because without the learning, you can never become successful yourself. So if you're at a stage where you feel you need some accountability from other like-minded and highly focused individuals, as well as regular access to experienced mentors in different areas such as business, marketing, property, or wealth building, then you might be interested in joining our very own peer group for aspiring entrepreneurs, the Escape the Rat Race Inner Circle. No matter where in the world you are, we have a level that can support you. So if you're interested, head on over to www.etr.online forward slash inner circle to find out more. I'd be absolutely thrilled to have you join us. Okay, that's all from me for this week's episode. Now, don't forget to join us for a daily conversation with over a thousand other escapees in the Escape the Rat Race private Facebook group by heading over to www.etrr.online forward slash Facebook. Have an inspired week. See ya. Wait,